Good morning. And welcome to those watching us online. We invite you to find a candle in your house and light it to represent God's presence with you that joins with us as we come in God's spirit here today. We are starting our Lenten series that's on the Lord's Prayer. We're calling it the most important prayer because it is the Lord, it is the prayer that our Lord gave to us. So let us uh, look forward to that opportunity to, to look more deeply at this powerful prayer. This time I invite you to join with me in the sharing of our call to worship. We live in the shelter of the Most High. We let us worship God who is our refuge and our strength. The Lord will deliver us from the perils that threaten us. So let us praise God in song and in silence with thankful hearts. I invite you to stand with me as we join together singing our first hymn, Praise to the Lord the Almighty.
Let us pray. Lord, bring your spirit among us. May it move within us. And as we ponder the meaning and power of this most important prayer, may those words sink into our hearts and minds so that we are shaped and transformed by them. That's our hope and prayer on this day through Christ who is our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. done in earth as it will as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen we're going to be uh, featuring we're going to be featuring our children in sharing this Lord prayer because one of the goals we have with this series is to realize that not only is this a prayer that unites us, but it's a prayer that conveys faith to the next generation. So uh, we will be uh, mentioning this again, but we hope that you, on your way out, pick up as many of these books as you need to share this Lord's Prayer uh, with your children or grandchildren. Uh, this book was written by Adam Hamilton for his grandchild Stella. So it's written to explain and help them understand the meaning of the Lord's Prayer. Well, we call it the most important prayer because it is the most important prayer. It is the prayer that Jesus gave to us when the disciples asked him to teach them how to pray. So we call it the Lord's Prayer because it came from our Lord and Savior. Our Catholic brothers and sisters call it the Our Father for short. So how many times do you think you have said this prayer in your lifetime? I, I did some calculations this week and realized that I probably started reciting this prayer when I was four years old in church and in church most Sundays ever since. And the last 29 years of my life, I've had multiple services that I've been a part of the churches they're at. So I calculated, I think I've said this publicly at least 5,000 times, 5,000 times. And here's the danger with that. When you say something over and over, it just comes to be rote. It becomes something you recite without even thinking about it. So we hope with this series, we help you to think carefully. Because these words were given to us by Jesus to shape us, to, to help us think through what this is about. It's really important to, to convey and understand this is not a repeat-after-me prayer. Jesus said pray like this, not to pray this. I also think it's important that we understand the spirit in which Jesus shared it because you can tell when you read this passage that the disciples, they've been watching Jesus get on his knees. They've seen the amazing things he's done and they're thinking, wow, whatever he does, that works. So maybe he can give us that formula that we can get God's attention so we can get what we want, right? But that's not the spirit that Jesus shares this prayer. This prayer is not so much to get God's attention as it is to teach us to give God's, give God our attention. It's a prayer that functions less as a chance and more as a challenge. I think it reveals the building blocks of spiritual formation. Will Hernandez defines spiritual formation as the process of being with Christ in order to become like Christ and consequently live for Christ. So being with Christ, becoming Christ, living for Christ, 
I think you'll see all that displayed in this prayer as we walk through it this Lenten season. And you will be sharing the Lord's Prayer here in a short while. You've heard one of these children recite them, but let's just join together in the portion of the prayer we're going to focus on today, okay? Would you join with me? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's enough, that's enough. <laughs> let's start with that first word, our. And this is not a small thing. Our. We do a, a disservice, I think, to the Christian faith in the Western world because we live in such an individualized culture. We make faith an individual endeavor. A lot of our prayers begin with, Dear God, or simply, My Lord. And we see this relationship is just between me and God. But this prayer says it's our. Let me tell you why this is important. So many of us live in such isolation in our world. We used to live on front porches. When we didn't have air conditioning, people stayed outside to get cooler. And you see the neighbors walking by, and you would feel that community and connect with one another. Now we all have back patios, or we stay in our air-conditioned homes. We don't know our neighbors. We don't experience that community. And we thought our technology would bring us together. I mean, after all, we all have social media, right? Social. And we can text. We can do FaceTime. We can uh, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We can email one another. But every metric we have tells us that our society is growing more isolated, not less. We may have 600 friends on our Facebook. We may email 25 people a day. But we rarely discuss matters of personal importance. Digital communication is not the same as personal communication. And I think COVID has only made that more difficult. You know, even before the pandemic hit, Surveys were done that declared that three out of five Americans reported being lonely. One health insurer, Cigna, found a 13% rise in loneliness in 2019 over 2018. Again, that's before the pandemic. And since the pandemic, we find that Americans are reported having lost touch with a few friends. We still have maintained some close relationships, but most report they have less friends now than they had before. How many of you have somebody you haven't talked to since the pandemic hit that you used to talk to fairly frequently? And here's what many of us experience. If we are families with children, you get them in school activities or a sport, and you'll probably get connected uh, through email and texting contact. There'll be automated phone numbers, and and so they, they tell you where to be and when to be, and it's all well organized. But that is not community. It doesn't guarantee camaraderie among the parents or goodwill among players. So the result we have is social isolation that is only growing worse. And into that that relational desert, Jesus teaches us to begin our prayer with our. Think about the importance of that. Our It's an immediate bridge between you and I. If you look at the letters of the Apostle Paul, he always refers to you in the plural form. He's always referring to a community of believers, not as individuals. And so our relationships 
are established by God to create a safe space. Because that's how God works in our spiritual formation. It's only through relationships that our personalities are chiseled by the challenges that come in community. Yes, sometimes it's hard to get along with people, but it's those challenges that make us special, that help us turn to God. Grace grows when we encounter wrongdoing. Forgiveness requires conflict. Healing emerges from hurt, and strength comes from struggle. That's the pathway to true spiritual formation. So always remember, when we begin our prayer, we begin with our. The next phrase, would you join with me? Our Father. Okay, this is important. How many of you have had some time when your children heard someone else referring to you by your given name? And so they call you like they say Jerry instead of Dad? Have you ever had that happen? Doesn't it sound weird when that happens? Because we got these titles of mom and dad, mother and father, to denote a special relationship. And when they call us by our given name, it's like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, I'm your dad. The other day I was at my daughter Kelsey's down in Evansville, and she started, when she's around the kids, referring to her husband as dad. And she kept saying, dad, and I kept saying, what? Dad, what? Stop that! Jesus could have chosen many other titles for this prayer, but he chose Father. That is so important, because in Jesus' day, that would have shocked his hearers. They were so careful about using the name of God, they never said Yahweh. They they came up with other titles that were safe, like Lord. But Jesus chose to say our Father. It denotes that intimacy. And it suggests, now, if he was speaking today, he might say mother, he might say parent. But in that day, it made the most sense to say Father. And it suggests a healthy family environment where the Father's love formed the center of the household and provided a security that allowed everyone to thrive and be emotionally healthy. Jesus makes another reference to this in Luke chapter 11, verses 11 through 13. He says, Which father among you would give a snake to your child if the child asked for a fish? And if a child asked for an egg, what father would give the child a scorpion? If you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And if you want a story to back up that image, we've got the story of the prodigal son which is probably best name is the story of the loving father who has a son who goes off and squatters half of the family inheritance and then comes back with his tail between his legs, realizing I'm better off being a slave or a servant in my father's household than to do what I was doing. And what does he get when he comes back? Not a father who scolds him or shames him or rejects him, but a father who runs out to him when he sees him at the edge of town and embraces him and throws a party, that's who we're praying to when we say, Our Father. And then we move on. Repeat with me. Our Father who art in heaven. You may not realize, but actually our translations are not faithful to the literal translation. 
because this word for heaven is actually plural. It should say heavens. And what they would have in mind when Jesus when they translated Jesus' words into that word, is that the Jewish people saw heaven a little differently than we see it today. They saw that heaven had three tiers. The first tier is the air that we breathe, the space that the birds fly in. The second tier is the starry night, the expanse of what they see there. And then the third tier is that immaterial world where the throne of God exists, that which nobody sees. Three layers. There's a, an allusion to that if you read the second chapter, the, the second Corinthians, the 12th chapter, verse 2. It says, I know a man in Christ. And we think Paul might be referring to himself. We know a man in Christ who was caught up into the third heaven 14 years ago. I don't know whether it was in the body or out of the body. God knows. But it refers to that third heaven. So think about the implications of that. Our Father who art in heaven. So God is as close as the air that we breathe. And God is also over the starry night, far beyond, sovereign and Lord over all the universe. God is God of the cosmos, but God is right there near to us by the air that we breathe. And it maintains that transcendence of God and the intimacy of God. And holds it together. A psalm that you know well, it's one of our responsive readings, says it very well as well. Join with me. Psalm 139. Where could I go to get away from your spirit? Where could I go to escape your presence? If I went up to heaven, you would be there. If I went down to the grave, you would be there too. If I could fly on the wings of dawn, stopping to rest only on the far side of the ocean, even there your hand would guide me. Even there your strong hand would hold me tight. So the Lord's Prayer holds that healthy balance of a father in heaven who's not our buddy, but God is our father, one that demands our respect but always has our best interest at heart. And then finally, repeat with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed. Now, you use that word all the time, right? Yeah. Hallow this, hallow that. We, we do know hallowed ground. We're familiar with that. The word that's used for hallowed and holy in both the Old and New Testament and the Hebrew and the Greek is actually used over 900 times. We hear about it in the creation story when it says that God sets apart the seventh day and made it holy, the Sabbath. We hear about it again when Moses is confronted by the voice of the burning bush and says, you're standing on hallowed ground. Take off your sandals. And Jesus in this prayer is inviting us to be used to make God's ground holy, to make God's sphere of influence holy. This is actually echoing a prayer that was common in Jesus' day called the Kaddish. It says, may his great name be hallowed in the world which he created. And it's a petition. This is the first part of the prayer. It's actually a request from God. It's asking God to make 
things hallowed. And it's a prayer that suggests for God to use me to make God's name holy or hallowed. Adam Hamilton kind of sums this up. He says, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we are praying, Father, use me to hallow your name. Help me to show others who you are. Help me to love them with your love. Help me to keep your name holy. So it's a request, but it's also a call to say, God, use me somehow. Use me somehow to make aware to someone else how special, how holy, how hallowed you are. And not only in my life, but in this world. That's what the Lord's Prayer is about. So repeat with me again the words we focus on today in this portion of the Lord's Prayer. And say it as if you've learned something today, okay? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this very special prayer, and we hope as we break this down in the coming weeks that it will truly mean more to us. And it will become a tool for us to help pass on the faith to someone else, especially to someone in that next generation. May you truly be hallowed and made holy in all that we do and all that we say through Christ, who is our Lord. Amen. This time we'll share the stewardship video. Isaac Raff with Noblesville First United Methodist Church. And I am just so excited to say a big thank you for everyone who donated any of our prayer buddies, all 210 of them. We also had several volunteers to come forward on a Saturday morning and we had uh, coffee with the animals actually. And uh, these are on their way to start their own ministries here. And uh, sometime later this week, they'll be donated to uh, the Noblesville Police Department uh, the fire department, as well as Allisonville Meadows uh, Hospice Center and Memory Care Center. And also, um, we, uh, we just donated over 50 of these uh, prayer buddies, we call them prayer buddies, uh, to the preschool uh, just a few minutes ago for comfort for the kids and also for the teachers at the loss of their friend, Jen Nicholson. We all appreciate the growth of this ministry. In fact, speaking of growth, if you see this... Um, giraffe next to me. This giraffe also had a baby, just like that April giraffe did a couple years ago at one of the zoos, and it went virtual, so you never know. This might go virtual, too. <laughs> Thank you all so very much. This is a continuing ministry at our church. Uh, you can donate. I've got, um, let's see, a bassinet, pla uh, pack and play, uh, playpen, whatever you call these things, animal cages, both down in the Great Hall, outside of Celebration Hall, and also in the Narthex. So thank you for your kindness and your goodness and thinking about others, even before yourself, just through any of these little animals. Thank you so much, and God bless. Thank you, Bonnie, for this ministry. Thanks, Zach, for slipping in that little giraffe thing. That was pretty cool. A few announcements to bring to your attention. First of all, in case you missed last week, we announced our new pastor, uh, Reverend Nicole Caldwell-Gross. She'll actually be arriving August the 1st. And uh, I hope that you go to our website 
you'll find links to a full-length sermon of hers that was done 2019 on Mother's Day. Great, I think it's the best Mother's Day sermon I've ever heard. And a full bio that explains uh, all the many places that she's impacted already. I think you're going to be very, very blessed by her ministry with you. Also, today is Girl Scout Sunday. So we hope that you... Uh, Say hi to a Girl Scout, make sure that they are honored, and certainly when those cookies come along, you go buy some, okay? They have a a very important work in our world. Now, I know um, some of us had our sleep disrupted this morning. It's going to happen again next week, because next week is the time change. You've got to move your clocks forward, so prepare for that. Daylight savings time. Uh, Also, our conference produced a really nice Lenten devotional. We decided instead of working up our own, let's just go with this. So we've got copies of this at the back on your way out. Be sure to pick one up, and it provides a devotion each day of the season of Lent. So take advantage of that opportunity. And again, make sure that you pick up one of these books, as many books as you need. We decided that uh, our goal is to pass on the faith, so if we give out all the books, we're going to order more, okay? So pick up one of these books and share it with your children or grandchildren. If you like, you're invited to become a part of the Chancel Choir during this season of Lent, especially for that day of Easter, and join in that Alleluia Chorus. So please uh, show up on Wednesday night at 7.30 or reach out to Jeff Wright and share how to get involved. Always take advantage of the next steps, especially those of you watching online. This is the easiest way to get the connection card that we use here in worship. And uh, it also updates you on the latest events for that week, but also what's coming up down the road. So use that next steps. If you happen to be new, please be sure you find Pam Kaplinger, our hospitality coordinator. She's got a free gift for you and also help you learn some of the uh, new ministries that you can become a part of. And as always, in addition to the offering that we pass here, you can give online through our Noblesville First website or through the Noblesville First app or by mail. Uh, Your gifts are much appreciated as we continue the ministry here in Noblesville and beyond. In that spirit, I invite you to pull out your connection cards here and make sure you record your attendance. Give us the best method to contact you. We promise we won't bug you very much just to help get you connected. And use that portion in the back that shares prayer requests, And there's also opportunities to connect or to serve. You'll notice one of the new opportunities this week is I'm inviting you to join with me in a spiritual discipline of fasting, a two-meal fast, one day, each of the six weeks of Lent. So if you'd like to join me in that, uh, put your email there, and I'll connect with you two or three times just to encourage you, maybe share some stories that we're learning from one another because it's truly a good chance to connect in a deeper way with God. In that spirit, let us join together in our prayer for our offering and our tithes, so please join with me. Mighty God, as we remember the strength of Jesus, facing the temptations in the wilderness, we remember too clearly how the temptations of food, of authority, and power have overcome us. We've been tricked to believe that our wants are our needs, and that more is always better May we offer our gifts to you this day with generosity and gratitude. In Christ we pray. Amen.
Good morning. This morning we'd like to share some concerns and joys with you as well. We ask that you please continue prayers for Sue and Tony Smith. Sue remains in the hospital in Florida for the recent diagnosis of an autoimmune disease of her kidneys. Please also pray for Sue and Bruce Cox with their many health challenges. We pray for all people on our prayer list here at Noblesville First, and especially for those that never make it to any list, but are in urgent need of prayer too, including Ukraine and all the innocents of war. We also celebrate the joy of record-breaking warm temperatures here in Noblesville yesterday, and today is looking pretty good too. Amen? Amen. And I understand also that Noblesville West Middle School Jazz Band also received a gold medal yesterday in Kokomo. So congratulations to them. We invite you to share your prayer concerns using our website link to the prayer requests or use your Noblesville First app where the prayer request form is also found. You're also welcome to contact your pastoral care team for upcoming surgeries or pastoral needs at care at noblesvillefirst.com or the 24-7 care line at 317-773-2590. You're also invited to join any of our prayer warrior teams by contacting us here at the church. Now please join me in a call to prayer. 
In this Lenten season, O oh God, we come before you asking for courage to open our eyes and see ourselves as you see us. We come trusting your grace, waiting to hear your voice, longing for your healing light. Shine upon us, O oh God, and make your path clear to us so that we may follow in your ways and share your light with all whom we meet. Amen. Now please join together for a moment of silence and take to God what is on your heart this morning. Then I'll follow with a pastoral prayer before we say the Lord's Prayer together. Let's pray. Loving Father, in the mighty name of Jesus and by most Holy Spirit, we are in awe of the wondrous and miraculous ways that you demonstrate your love for us, God. First, by all your creation, including each one of us. Then, through Christ Jesus, forgiving us of our sins and providing eternal life then pursuing us every day to help us in our doubts, our fears, our joys, and our tears. You love us as a miracle and as a mess and never give up on us. Keep us mindful that you do not cause suffering, God, but rather you are here because of our suffering, Lord, and want to help us. And all we need to do, Father, is to honestly speak with you through prayer. The glory is in our God who listens, who cares, and who loves without end. Thank you for you, God, and thank you for the Lord's Prayer that we say together now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
just as the Lord's Prayer unites us, so the Sacrament of Holy Communion does as well. I invite you to find your cup and have it handy, and I ask that we wait to do it together because it is supposed to unite us as the body of Christ. But we remember that just as Jesus gathered the disciples that night before he was betrayed, he lifted the bread and he broke it and said, this is my body broken for you. Likewise, he lifted up the cup and after having given thanks, he said, this is the blood of the new covenant shed for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this in remembrance of me. So let us now participate in that holy sound of plastic rustling. And join together in eating the bread, the body. And likewise, we share in the blood that represents the forgiveness which is always there and always present for each of us. Drink of this, all of you. Let us pray. Lord, we appreciate that sound that unifies us. That we've come together as your people. You are our Father. And the sacrifice that you made does unite us all because we're all made equal. We're all here because of your grace that's made possible through your Son, Jesus Christ. We celebrate that this morning. And we go as a renewed people, energized and recharged but also blessed and forgiven. We thank you for this. Amen. Let us now stand as we join in singing our closing hymn. Now go forth as a people made special by our Father, who art in heaven, who calls us to hallow his name. Amen.